Welcome to the Play Notes podcast, where we give you the inside scoop on the main stage productions here at Portland Stage. I'm Nick Hone, and I cannot wait to share with you this amazing interview with the director of our upcoming production, The Cake by Becca Brunsetter, Todd Brian Backus. This show is the perfect mix of timely political commentary and biting dramedy. And I can't think of a better show to round out our season for this year. So strap in and let's get ready to take a peek behind the scenes of The Cake. Hi, my name is Rachel Rapala. I am one of the directing and dramaturgy apprentices this year at Portland Stage. And I have the privilege of getting to be the assistant director for The Cake by Becca Brunsetter. And today with me is our lovely director. Hi there, folks. Uh, My name is Todd Brian Backus. And while I'm normally the literary manager at Portland Stage, I'm actually making my directorial debut on the main stage with this piece. So I'm really excited to be here to chat with you. Awesome. Thank you so much for chatting today. It has been such a treat, I think, to see kind of you and your directorial element, because usually you and I get to work together in the literary Mm -hmm. office. But I know that you have been involved with Portland Stage for quite some time, since 2011, when you were an apprentice. Could you tell me kind of what has that journey looked like for you from starting at Portland Stage back then till now? Yeah, I think I kind of came at it a little sideways. In undergrad, I got a degree in both acting, directing, and graphic design. And so when I started at Portland Stage, I was actually the marketing apprentice, which isn't an apprenticeship we have anymore. So I worked with Carol Harris and Karen Librand, and it was really fascinating to me because I got to see how all of the things came together. I got to do a bunch of social media for us, so I got to like pop into the costume shop with Susan when she was like finishing a cool dress, or I would go to Focus and I would take pictures of, you know, people at the board and I would also do focus and I would go to strike and all of these things. And that was really important to me because in my undergrad, my professors stressed the importance of like directors understanding all of the different elements of the craft so that we could speak adequately to them. And even though that wasn't the position that I got here originally, it allowed me to explore all of these different elements and also think about like, how does a theater continually produce work? How do you not just produce one show, but how do you produce six, seven in a row? And that was really foundational for me. I also had a really good relationship with both Carol Harris and Anita Stewart and was asked to stay on. So instead of the normal nine months, they kept extending my contract. I kept thinking I was leaving, you know, once we got to May and then they'd be like, hey, what if you came back? And that was pretty neat. And then I ran away to New York for a couple of years in 2014, hooked up with a couple of friends from my apprentice year. So Emily White, who's doing costumes for us for The Cake, designed a bunch of shows for us when we were in New York uh, under our, you know, theater power out, which we formed here as apprentices, but then brought to New York. So me, my friend Ben Ferber and my friend Nora Serena Casey all like worked together and did like seven or eight shows in about. 14 or 15 months in New York. So it was it was a bit of a time. And then around the time that we were finishing our last show, which then was Emily Dickinson, Paranormal Investigator, a play that I penned, the position for the literary manager at Portland Stage opened up and I applied. And then here I was. Here you are. And it's such a treat, I think, to see you 
in your element in the literary office, I can see all of those experiences and that history and knowledge of Portland stage really being put into your work. But here you finally are directing your first main stage production here, which is such a treat. What is something that's either excited or kind of surprised you about the rehearsal process so far? Yeah, I mean, one, our cast is incredible. And I'm, I know that everybody wants to say stuff like that. And it's true in different ways. But our cast is like, we're a week in, and they are mostly off book. And we are just like playing and exploring in this space in a way that's really exciting to me. I definitely am the sort of person that wants to like give people a little structure, and then play and like see what we can build together. And I think we're at the point where the cast is coming along with me on that. And they're like, Oh, I can have a feeling or a response to this or like, what if I suggest this other way of doing it? And that has been really exciting for me, getting to see other people play. Um, I think that's the most fun part of the collaborative process for me personally, is just entering this place where it's like, cool, yeah, we're here to do a job, but also we're here to like figure out how this thing works together and enabling people to do that and then having them like joyfully enter that space is always a highlight for me. Absolutely. Well, you can just feel the joy in the room, I think, especially as we get all of these bakery props and stuff. The, the play is really starting to come to life. When it comes to being a literary manager and a director, I've also seen you do a ton of dramaturgy work, and I've heard you talk about that quite a bit. What role has dramaturgy played for you within this production, especially since the cake is set so recently in 2018? Yeah, so... When I was an undergrad, my mentor, Dr. Jessica Hester, was a dramaturg, and she really, like, changed my life, truly. I started thinking about plays in ways that I did not. I entered undergrad being ready to be, like, a musical theater performer, like a chorus boy. I didn't think I was going to be a lead, but, like, a chorus boy. Working with Jessica Hester really changed, like, how I thought about plays and how I questioned, like, why this play now for this audience? What do these choices that we're making say about the world of the play? How can they be supported by the text? How are they not supported? And sort of thinking a lot about how content and form can create or subvert meaning. Um, this is also something that came up a lot in my graphic design classes, but like, how can we tell a story with images and choices that we're making? And so when we're looking at the cake, I think something that is very hard is like, if I tried to pinpoint 2018 for most people, right now they would have a hard time doing that because it's just five years ago. But there are some specific things that we have looked at about 2018. This will be a little treat for the end, but like I want to use a song by Janelle Monet and Dirty Computer releasing in 2018 was like such a specific moment for me as a like queer American that I'm interested in how can we highlight some of those things. Uh, there's also some things about the play that are pretty political, but are also very specifically before the midterms of 2018 is how they feel. And also very specifically like pre-COVID. And I didn't want this play to feel like it's now post-COVID, because I think particularly in the character of Macy, she would have other things that she would say. She would be like very specific about some of the critiques that she offers to Della over the course of the play. And I think the way she is right now, it is clearly a post-Trump, pre-midterms political moment. And trying to stay like true to that has been really important to me, both in 
what is sort of the musical world that we're living in, but also, yeah, that phone doesn't quite look right. Or this costuming choice should reflect a couple years ago in a way that's a little hard to place. Yeah, absolutely. That makes so much sense. And I, I think you really have to have such a unique dramaturgical perspective and sharpened eye to pick up those little details. But if it makes a difference for one audience member, it's so worth it. When it comes to our reality of 2018 and the cake, this is a play that's pretty set in realism. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a very natural looking set for the most part, except when that turntable happens. But there's also these moments that kind of become more fantastical as Della daydreams about the big American bake-off. So how did you approach working with your designers on making these moments where we break away from reality? Yeah, I'm really excited to think about like how we're using the light and sound in those moments to really heighten and change. I think for me, something that I've wrestled with a lot as someone who is like okay on naturalism and realism, like I'm much more interested in reflections and refractions of the world. I'm much more interested in how a person sees the world than just presenting the world as it actually is. And that's a thing that really sold me on the cake is in these heightened moments where the lights get a little weird and, uh, you know, the energy is a little heightened, we get to peek into Della's psychological state. Um, We get to see how she wrestles with a decision she just made. And as she's questioning whether it was the right thing, she's also questioning, is her cake that she made worthwhile? And getting to pair those two, like, metaphorical and literal elements at the same time gets us to a place that's much more exciting for me. Hey, listener. Did you know that you can check out a pair of tickets to our Portland Stage Main Stage shows from the library? Just go to any branch of the Portland Public Library and bring your library card to the checkout desk and ask for the Portland Stage Pass to select any date during the run that works for you. Put that library card to work and get yourself a seat in the audience. I think heightened is the perfect word to describe the cake. There's so many moments of emotional intensity as well Mm. as intimacy and so when it came to those heightened moments how did you approach making space for actors to be vulnerable in the rehearsal process but also like making that space for yourself as well yeah you know on the first day of rehearsal i sat down with the cast over zoom we had a blizzard but i sat down with them on zoom and talked about how this play is very funny and is also a lot of other things. This play deals with a lot of hard topics, particularly for people in the queer community. There's something about making space for, like, what does it mean to get rejected on coming out? What does it mean to have someone that you love disapprove of how you love? Uh, What are those feelings? And those are feelings that, like, for me as someone who came out in high school— I haven't grappled with in a long time. I have felt like I could very authentically be myself for a long time. And yet in working on these scenes in this play, I have to figure out how do we make this feel, you know, not great for Jen and for the audience watching it and also like safe for 
Eileen, our actress, portraying this character. And I had a very clear conversation with people about like, look, these topics are hard and heavy. And like, we can't just run these scenes full throttle all the time. So if there's ever a moment where this becomes too much for you, feel free to just like, let's pump the brakes. Let's take a pause. Let's do another scene. There's other scenes we can do. Um, But making sure that it is a safe emotional space for all of the actors and not just we got to do this scene and it's got to be right today. Um, Really like treating both myself and everyone in the room with that level of like, hey, actually, this scene's a little hard for me today. So like, let's skip to scene four instead. I I think that makes so much sense. And I I really do see how having a, a queer director, having queer actors, queer creatives involved in this process has really let some painful but truthful moments just sing out. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of nuance and care in our rehearsal space right now. When it comes to Becca Brunstetter in this play, she really balances the personal and the political. Um, mm-hmm. But how do you approach a play that humanizes such a politically divisive conflict even now especially now with some of the legislation we are seeing in our country yeah i think what's really hard about doing plays about political topics Mm -hmm. is like if you really want to convince someone of anything truly anything the two of you need to see each other as people if Della, like in a worse version of this play, Della could be a one note, very ideological, like bad lady. And we could have a fight about like why she's not baking this cake and what that means. And we'd see it mostly from, you know, Macy and Jen's point of view. Um, and I think what Becca Brunstetter does really well is say like this lady is trying and it is hard for her and she's not perfect. She's going to mess up. And so many people do. I think it's really hard that in our world right now, like especially if we're talking about like the discourse on Twitter, um, there's this feeling that people are either like ideologically pure or entirely disposable and like nothing in between. Um, And I think that that is such a hard way to like live and also imagine other people, especially because so many of us are contradictions of different things. I know many queer people who eat Chick-fil-A. And even though that is not something that I personally feel I can do because I have problems with how they feel about people like me, I know that there's other people who do and I don't shun those people on account of just that one thing. I'm sure if there were other things, we might get to that. But I also think if what Becca Brunstetter's aim is, and I hope this is her aim, is to present sympathetic people on both sides of this argument and those people finding a way forward... I don't think that Della like ends in the perfect spot, but I think she's on that arc and I think she's like slowly getting there and it gives me hope that she will. And it gives me hope that other people who really sympathize with Della at the start of the play will also see like what is possible on the other side of that conflict and what it might mean if we could all just love each other a little more. Um, and have grace for one another. I think that's one of the the things that drew me to this script is the grace that, you know, Macy has an incredible amount of grace, despite a lot of times where Della says just the wrong thing. Um, and I think the way that Macy has grace for Jen, um, but also the way that these women have grace for each other. And my hope is that 
an audience watching this will leave the show thinking like, how can I bring a little more grace into my life? And not in a, like a religious way, but in a like, how can I offer like kindness and understanding to people that I might not agree with right away? And how can we find a way forward together? I love that idea of the extension of grace. And I I think theater is one of those art forms where you can get that nuance and complexity within hot button political issues that Mm -hmm. you can't in a 30 minute TV episode. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And kind of going with that, what are some other playwrights right now who you love and think are either effectively or in interesting ways grappling with hot button issues? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this before, but it hasn't been on the podcast. Julia Doolittle's The Absentee is this like beautiful political drama that is queer and in space and about absentee voting. And I love it with my whole heart. I cry during a monologue that when I describe it to people, I cry still today, like years after working on this piece. Johnny G. Lloyd? Johnny Lloyd? I think it's Johnny G. Lloyd. um, Has a wonderful play called... I believe the problem with magic is or the trouble with magic is, which is this beautiful rumination on like black joy and also gentrification and also like what does grief mean for a family and what does it mean when people you haven't seen in a long time show up to also grieve. He writes some really fun pieces. Patience was at second stage last year and like I love I'm also thinking about like C.A. Johnson's work. C.A. Johnson, all of her plays are like so vastly different and so exciting and a little scary in that whenever I read a play by C.A. Johnson, I never know where it's going. Um, And finding that the characters, even if I think I know what might happen, that they like aren't safe, that like someone could die or something crazy could happen that I would never expect. Those things really excite me about her work. So like Thirst is great for that. But also like All the Natalie Portmans is a beautiful, fun show that I adore. So yeah, those are some people that I vibe on. I I think that idea of not always knowing where a play is going to go is one of the treats. And I I think there's quite a couple twists and turns within the cake and moments that you don't expect from certain characters Mm -hmm. that kind of really bloom and create a really unique nuanced portrait of real people. Yeah. Um, but what is one thing that you really hope the audiences of Portland stage take away from this production after watching it? Like, honestly, truly for me, it's that grace. Um, it's something that I've been reminded of, not just during this process, but at other times in my life that like, hey, Todd, these people are actually coming at this from a different life experience and point of view. And like, maybe you need to honor that a little bit and say like, hey, this might be hard for you too. And I can't just assume that you're like being a jerk to be a jerk. And so I think if everyone can like leave the play and think, how could I be a little kinder? And how could I like truly try to understand where someone else is coming from? I think we'd have done our jobs right if that happens. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Todd. I think that our audiences are in for a real exciting, sweet, but definitely complex treat with this show. And I can't wait to get back into the rehearsal room with you tomorrow to keep working on it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
I hope you've enjoyed this edition of Play Notes. As always, you can find a print version of this interview on our website, portlandstage.org slash playnotes. And tickets for the cake are on sale now, so contact our box office by calling 207-774-0465, or you can buy them directly from our website. The show runs from April 5th to April 23rd. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe to the show on whichever app you use, and why not tell your friends about it? Thanks for hanging out with us, and can't wait to see you next time.